You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ross Jackson here at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, Canal Street Chronicles, Locked On NFL, and of course here with you every Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the slew of roster moves the New Orleans Saints made on Monday to get ready for game week, practice week here as we continue to roll through. We're going to talk about the signing of Desmond Trufant, former Atlanta Falcon, what it means for the Saints. We're going to talk about how they filled out the rest of their roster, including what I think was a pretty smart move at the kicker spot. And we'll wrap up with a look at the run game with Jameis Winston. And a big thanks to my good friend Luke Braun for helping me see things in a new light when it comes to run-pass ratio. We've got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints, your team every day. All right, family, we're going to get started with today's episode of Locked on Saints, which today is brought to you by our good friends over at rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliable, low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Don't forget to let them know that Locked on sent you at checkout. So yesterday, we asked five questions about the New Orleans Saints heading into week one of the NFL season going up against the Green Bay Packers. Two of those questions were about specific things we actually got answers to later on in the day, or at least got a little bit more of a clear direction on later in the day. The first one of those was our question about what the Saints are going to do at cornerback. Were they going to sign another corner ahead of week one? What was the move going to be there? And then the third, or I guess it was actually technically maybe the third or fourth question was about what the Saints were going to do at the linebacker spot next to Demario Davis. And we got a little bit of clarity in both of those avenues or both of those lanes yesterday. So let's talk about them today. Uh, the first one that I want to start with is the signing of veteran cornerback Desmond Trufant. Now, Desmond Trufant, you'll recognize the name because he used to play for the Atlanta Falcons, and he was always one of those players where when he was healthy, he's very good. When he was not healthy, then he was often unavailable, and maybe the injury question was one of those things that has led him to sort of this free agent journeyman portion of his career later on in his career. Last year, he played with the Detroit Lions, had the worst season of his career from a numbers standpoint. If you look at pro football focus grading, you'll see that he graded with a 36.7 in coverage, 38.4 overall in that year. But I wrote in my Canal Street Chronicles piece, I don't know how much of that has to do with Desmond Trufant as much as it has to do with Matt Patricia and Matt Patricia's um, system, I guess you can call it, in Detroit that they had going on last year. So when it when you look at Desmond Trufant over the, the majority of his career and over the mass of his career, you see a pretty good corner. 14 interceptions. He's credited with 83 passes defended, according to pro football reference, over the course of his eight-year career. That was seven years in Atlanta and then that one season in Detroit. Uh, he stands at six foot, about 190 pounds, so he fits what it is that New Orleans Saints like, and they're familiar with him in terms of seeing him play in Atlanta and literally playing against them, and sometimes him having nice games against the New Orleans Saints. Now, the most recent season that he performed well was his 2019 season, his final year with Atlanta, but he was only available for nine games there after having a really nice stint where he went 15 games in 2017, 16 games in 2018, then just the injury bug came back for him again in 2019, but he allowed five touchdowns in that season, which sounds like a lot. But if you look at it over the course of those nine games, 
all five of those touchdowns were allowed in two just rough patch games that he had. Now, does that mean that he's a fantastic corner and we should ignore that he gave up five touchdowns in a season? No, not at all. But those five touchdowns literally came in back-to-back games against the Houston Texans and the Tennessee Titans. Every other game outside of that, he didn't allow any touchdowns. And in fact, he allowed 220 plus out of his 390 passing yards allowed in that those nine games in just those two games. So when you look at it, he's somebody that on the majority performs extremely well, but has this injury concern and of course has these maybe, let's say, lapses in which he messes up. And I don't want to say messes up, but struggles a bit, right? So you saw that in those two games in particular back in 2019. So to me, that is more valuable information than his performance in Detroit, which again, I don't really hold anything against the Detroit personnel, the player personnel, as much as I hold it against the coaching. Now, is Desmond Trufant going to come in and immediately take a starting role? I highly doubt it. Not only because he's just now getting into the system and he's going to be expect and, and in that case would be expected to start in less than seven days, which we saw Eli Apple do a few years ago. I don't think the New Orleans Saints are willing to take that kind of a risk, but does it all come down to the health of Ken Crawley? Absolutely. Because I think that he now joins, uh, Desmond Trufant now joins this team behind Ken Crawley, but maybe ahead of the rookie Paulson Adebo. So great veteran depth. And of course, New Orleans Saints had to make some room in order to make that happen. They sent three players to injured reserve. Those three players, Will Lutz, Nick Vanette, and Will Clapp. Now, this is an interesting one because we're going to come back. We're going to talk about the kicker position uh, in just a moment. But the Saints also added two other players. They added or made the addition of Montrevious Adams uh, official. We talked about that last week. A little bit of a nose tackle, not somebody that's had major production or anything at any point in his career, but he gives you depth there and he gives you a nose tackle, which the Saints currently don't necessarily have on the roster outside of maybe Malcolm Roach and Shai Tuttle, who can maybe split time there. But as a traditional nose tackle, the Saints don't have that. Albert Huggins, though, is on the practice squad and could be maybe a game day elevation to help there. But now you have Montrevious Adams, at least you have a body and you have the depth at that specific position. And then they also brought back wide receiver Chris Hogan. Now, we suspected that Chris Hogan was going to be on the week one roster, and I know a lot of people laughed at it, but he's a veteran receiver. He's the most experienced receiver right now on the roster outside of maybe Ty Montgomery, but he spent most of his time splitting between wide receiver and running back. So now you have Chris Hogan who can come in, be a veteran presence, somebody that has has had a sustained career over time. So those three players were added. The other three players moved to injured reserve, but we also got a little bit of clarity at the linebacker spot, which we also had a big question mark about yesterday. Who was going to line up next to Demario Davis? Well, according to Quan Alexander, he expects to play on Sunday. Now, will he start? That we don't know. It could be that Zach Vaughn starts and then you see Quan Alexander get some action because, again, at some point throughout an injury rehabilitation, you just have to get out on the field and see if it all works. I mean, that becomes the final step or the next part of rehabbing from an injury. Eventually, you just have to get out on the field. Maybe that's what happens with Quan Alexander as opposed to him starting. But how remarkable is this recovery? This is insanity. From Christmas Day to September 6th, talking about being ready for a September 12th game, that is absolutely incredible. Quan Alexander, it deserves the world (laughs) when it comes to his football career for the way that he really tackled this recovery. And of course, Dr. Sharif Tabah, who we've had here on the show before, Dr. Reef, must have done just a phenomenal job, a miracle worker uh, when it comes to all of these injuries and rehabilitation. He's made a name for himself and rightfully so. So hopefully we get to see Quan Alexander out on the field on Sunday, mixing it up along with Zach Vaughn and Demario Davis, creating a uh, pretty substantially improved linebacker core than what the New Orleans Saints marched out in week three of last year. 
when they went against these same Green Bay Packers. So coming up next, we're going to talk about some more roster shuffling in New Orleans Saints, making some uh, changes on their practice squad, but also doing something really interesting in the midst of that that I think is extremely smart. We're going to talk about what that is and more as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at betonline.ag. Right now, the line for the New Orleans Saints, who are hosting the Green Bay Packers in Jacksonville, uh, is still minus four and a half in favor of the Green Bay Packers. I have heard rumors that this line is going to continue to move. I've heard some conversation that it could potentially move as high as a touchdown. And if that's the case, I'm jumping on that number because there's just, I, I'm not going to buy that. <laughs> I'm not going to buy that. That is an open door to be able to get in there. So if that happens, one of the best places and the best place to go ahead and get in on that action would be over at betonline.ag. Don't forget, they also have a $500,000 mega contest that's going on, a $200,000 survivor pool that's going on. And of course, kickoff is this Thursday. So there's still time to get in on their September 9th kickoff special, which will allow you to get $25 back or up to $25 back on a losing bet. That's fantastic. As long as you use that promo code NFL100 for a new account. And right now for those new accounts, they're also giving a 100% uh, sign up bonus as well. So go and check them out, bet online your online sportsbook experts. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. We want to keep you up to date with everything going on with the New Orleans Saints roster. We talked about some of the 53-man roster shuffles that we saw in uh, that we saw during yesterday's roster moves, the three players going to injury reserve, the three new signings or even returning when it comes to Chris Hogan, for instance, over to the active roster. Now let's talk a little bit about the practice squad and something very interesting and very smart that the New Orleans Saints have done here. So the Saints are maintaining roster flexibility in a way that is incredibly impressive and very, very smart. So let's talk about the practice squad. The New Orleans Saints making official the addition of four players to their practice squad after moving on from linebacker Wenton McManus from that same practice squad. So they moved on from him and they add these seven players. Some of them are going to sound familiar because they're returning to the team. Three I want to highlight because there's a funny story behind them. One I want to highlight in particular. So Kadar Hallman coming over from the Green Bay Packers. He is joining the practice squad. Uh, two players that are returning to this team on the practice squad, Derek Kelly, offensive lineman, who we were a little surprised got cut uh, in the first place, and then kicker Aldrick Rosas. We're going to come back to that. They also added defensive back Jordan Miller. And then these three players that were actually starters for the Minnesota Vikings Christmas Day game in which Alvin Kamara ran for six touchdowns. The Saints added three defenders from that very same unit, defensive lineman Jalen Holmes and Jaleel Johnson and defensive back Dylan Maben. And this is just sweet poetry. <laughs> it is sweet, sweet poetry to me to be able to say those words because it's incredible that those guys give up six touchdowns to a team and then end up on that same team's practice squad a year later. <laughs> I'm not going to say that them watching a guy like Alvin Kamara had anything to do with it. I'm going to say watching a guy like Alvin Kamara might have had something to do with it. Anyway, the, the signing that I want to really highlight here is Aldrick Rosas, the kicker. You'll notice that the New Orleans Saints moved Will Lutz to injured reserve, and then they added Aldrick Rosas, a kicker, to the practice squad, but not to the active roster. That means that the New Orleans Saints currently have no kicker on the active roster. They have four boundary corners now, which is fantastic, but they have no kicker. They also brought back Trevor Simeon to the active roster yesterday as well. So they've got four quarterbacks, but no kicker. Now, why am I really leaning into this? 
because I think that this is absolutely genius. Let's talk about why. So if you remember from last season with the practice squad, you were able to elevate two players from the practice squad to be game day active players. And then they ended up being a part of your active roster for that day. You still had to declare inactive players, of course, just like we've always seen. But now you also got to bring up these couple of folks from the practice squad. With that being the case, the New Orleans Saints will get the opportunity to continue to do that in 2021, just like every other team around the NFL will. The only rule is that you can elevate them twice, and then you have to release them to waivers and resign them as opposed to being able to just move them back down to the practice squad. Exact same rules as last year, as far as we know at this time. With that being the case, what this means is that Will, with Will Lutz on injured reserve, along with Will Clapp and Nick Vanette, they are guaranteed to be out just a minimum of, of three games, no longer the usual six or seven or eight games that would usually come with an injured reserve declaration. So now with that being the case, the New Orleans Saints have a 53-man roster without a kicker, but with a kicker still available to them on game day. This is incredibly smart because it effectively allows them to fill out a 53-man roster without giving up a roster spot to a kicker. If they keep Algic Rosas on the practice squad, which I will say, John Payton was not willing to commit to Algic Rosas being the starting kicker for them going into that game, uh, the week one game against the Green Bay Packers, the apple of all Saints fans' eyes. Uh, Jake Verity is still the, the kicker from the uh, Baltimore Ravens is still a free agent at the moment, so could still end up in New Orleans. I'm holding out hope there. But if the New Orleans Saints were to march in with this exact roster, they would be able to elevate Aldrich Rosas to their active day roster without having to have given up a 53rd roster spot to that kicker and instead can have an extra wide receiver, can afford to have that extra quarterback, can bring in that extra cornerback, whatever it is that they're looking for, that extra offensive lineman, whatever that spot becomes available to, the, to them to utilize throughout the practice week and even potentially into game day, which they can make that player inactive on game day and then bring up Aldrich Rosas, however it is that they want to do it. So it's just very smart roster versatility and flexibility. We've seen the Saints do this with the, uh, with the salary cap all the time, right? The maneuverability of the salary cap. Now we're also seeing them maneuver a bit when it comes to the practice squad as well. And should we even be surprised? Honestly, no, we shouldn't. But I just think this is a very interesting way to go. Even if they elevate uh, Aldrich Rosas to the active roster at any point this week, it still gives them the op opportunity here to have some flexibility, get a look at an extra player at, an, at, a, at a position of need, whatever it might be here throughout the practice week or whatever portion of the practice week that that roster spot is available. Very, very smart thinking by the New Orleans Saints. But again, should we even be surprised when it comes to that type of management? All right, coming up next, we're going to dive into and wrap up our look at Jameis Winston and the New Orleans Saints offense, taking a look specifically at the run game this time around. We've got that coming up for you as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints. But first, I want to remind you about our good friends over at rockauto.com. We're talking about all this roster tinkering. Well, if you're doing some vehicle tinkering, rockauto.com is the most important resource that you are going to need and that you are going to know. Doesn't matter whatever your make, your model, year, whatever it is that you're looking for, they've got you covered over at rockauto.com and they have it covered for you with many different parts, all at much more affordable rates than what you're going to find at the chain store around the corner that's going to make you sit around for 20 minutes 
while they go into the back, find out that they don't have the part that you're looking for and tell you that they can order it for you and it'll be here within 14 to 28 business days. Don't mess with any of that. You ain't even got to leave the house. Just go to rockauto.com from the comfort of your own home. You can do it in your pajamas. You think about that thing that you need for your car right before you go to bed. You don't even have to wait until tomorrow morning to try to remember it. Get on rockauto.com right away. And don't forget to let them know that Locked On sent you, but right in Locked On in the How'd You Hear About Us section. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, y'all, be honest. Whose login are you using on all of your favorite TV shows to get into all of your favorite apps? Pizza guys show up one day, drop a pizza, and you're like, nah, don't give me a new pizza. Give me that login. Did you hustle them? Well, now you don't have to do any of that stuff anymore. You can get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. So this is going to allow you to get all of your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so that you can watch all your favorite sports, your favorite movies, your favorite shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no more having to change from one device to another. Oh, we don't have this in here, so I'm going to go watch it in the bedroom instead. You ain't got to worry about all that. Enjoy the comfort of your own home from wherever it is. And the best part about it all, and this is what I love the most because I have commitment issues, Direct TV Stream does not include any type of an annual contract. Yes, it's fantastic. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device is required and content varies by package. Let's get it. Houdat Nation wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints. Want to talk a little bit about Jameis Winston and the run game in the New Orleans uh, offense and how Jameis Winston kind of affects it. But I want to quickly give a shout out to our guy, Luke Braun, over at Locked on Vikings, who changed the way that I think about run pass ratio. I was one of those guys that was very much in. You got to hit like this 30, maybe even 35 to 40 percent run uh, rate in order for you to really have a successful offense because run sets up the pass. I now have changed the way that I think about it. And Jameis Winston was a part of that. Luke Braun was another big part of that. Go and check out yesterday, Monday's Locked On Vikings and just watch the third segment. It's phenomenal. So let me give you just the, the spark notes here. Something to remember when you talk about whether or not the run sets up the pass. Defensive players don't come into games thinking, okay, they run 40% of the time. And so therefore, whenever they run, they're expecting, you know, a run every few plays or anything like that. What they're doing is that they're reading keys, they're watching spacing, all of these things. And every offense sort of has this play action that's attached to any series of run actions that they have. Outside zone, if you run that a lot, then you're probably going to have some type of a play action outside zone bootleg to the opposite side, for instance. If you run a lot of B-gap ISO, then you're probably going to have that as a play action as well. You run a lot of power, you're going to have some type of a play action that's affixed to that as well. So when it comes to it, that's what these defensive players are watching. Not necessarily did they hand the ball off, did they not hand the ball off, because every linebacker is run first. But when it comes down to it, what they're watching is the spacing, the way that the plays develop and then reacting to that. So with that being the case, one of the things that Luke showed is that if you have a successful run play, you might have an unsuccessful play action play that's attached to it. So the two things don't immediately correlate. Let's say you have a run that goes for six yards per carry, but then only goes for about five yards per pass when it comes to the play action option. That's a part of it. But you have a run that's like an ISO right up the middle type of run, a B gap type of run, and you end up looking at that as, let's say, a two yard per carry run. But the play action is more successful because the defense finds it 
because the defense reacts to it a bit more because they feel more confident in stopping it because of the spacing. And by spacing, I mean, where is the play going? What's happening? What's moving and who's moving where? So that's a big part of what to watch when it comes to this New Orleans Saints offense. We talked about how you're going to see a lot more, um, let's say, play action uh, when it comes to the Saints offense with Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston over 30% over the course of the preseason when it came to play action, while Drew Brees in the last year was right around 17%. So you're going to see a lot of play action. But what's most important is not necessarily is the run game successful, but are the New Orleans Saints able to sell the spacing on those play action runs? Now, obviously, if you have a successful run game, you might be in the lead already. And that's one of the reasons why heavy run teams are winning games because they were winning in the first place. And of course, it helps to have a weapon like Alvin Kamara who can affect the field all over the place. We certainly saw that last time up against the Green Bay Packers. So I expect a big season from Alvin Kamara. And I expect a big season from the New Orleans Saints in terms of taking shots downfield, but still being a mostly conservative offense. I think that that portion of it, the conservative offense identity, is the part that ends up opening up the passing game more than the run game specifically itself. But when it comes to the run game, what are we going to see? I think you will see a lot more of those outside zone runs, a lot of play actions out of that as well, because you have a quarterback in Jameis Winston who can move. He's not a dual threat quarterback, but he is mobile enough to move and run a boot action and run all of those types of plays. So I think you will continue to see those. But then when it comes down to the run game in particular, you have to expect that every now and then you're going to see lighter defenses that are trying to take away the passing game and that are trying to guard these wide receivers and are trying to stop Sean Payton's lethal passing attack and passing scheme. And because of that, Alvin Kamara has the ability to benefit, not just because of what the team what the defense looks like vertically, but because of what the defense looks like horizontally. Are they able to spread that defense out a bit, get those players out of the box, and then end up putting Alvin Kamara in a situation where he's not running against these eight-man boxes as much, and instead he's running against five six-man boxes, maybe even seven-man boxes, which would certainly help him as well. So that's one of the reasons why I do expect a big season from Alvin Kamara. I expect a big season from this run game because it can benefit from the passing game, just like the passing game might be able to benefit from the run game. These two things have to be symbiotic, not necessarily one feeding into the other, but they have to be able to positively impact one another. And I think when you have a weapon like Alvin Kamara and you have these backup running backs like Latavius Murray, who I know struggled during the preseason, but is a proven commodity over the past two regular seasons. And of course, Tony Jones Jr. that's left out onto the scene. That gives you a pretty, pretty good stable of running backs to be able to jump in and take advantage of what's being given to you by this offense. And of course, all of them being guys that can catch passes out the backfield certainly helps as well as the offense will continue to use that short passing game as an extension of the run game, including screens, throws to the flat, and then of course the outlets whenever the deep passing concept doesn't develop. All right, family, coming up tomorrow on Wednesday's episode, I'm going to have a short snippet for you from Stacey Dale, her uh, appearance with Locked On Packers, where she talked about the New Orleans Saints being a sleeping giant and explains why. So we'll hear a little bit of that. And we're going to talk a bit more about this matchup upcoming with the Green Bay Packers. Now we get to turn our attention to previewing this game and looking at the defense in particular. On Thursday, of course, we have Peter Bukowski of Locked on Packers coming through for three segments to help you get everything you need to know about the Packers and Saints matchup. And then on Friday, we'll make a bunch of picks. We'll talk betting. We'll talk fantasy. We'll have a lot of fun. And of course, keys to victory as we've always done. I appreciate y'all very much as always for being here. Now that you're done here, go and check out Locked on Bets. Get yourself some money this week and weekend with 
your boy Q and Lee Sterling. We'll be back with you here tomorrow. As always, for everything in between, though, you can find me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. Trust you, that nation. I'll holla at you.